Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, hello, welcome listeners, welcome to the midsummer madness of Achtung Millwall. We're sat on a Sunday afternoon. To my front, Mr. Don Bone. Hello, everybody. Uh, to my in front again, Mr. Derek King. Hello, fans. To my right-hand front, Mr. Peter Hurd. Hello, pop pickers. <laughs> and to my right-hand fronter, Mr. Barry Bongo Perkins. Good afternoon. My name is, of course, Nick Hart. Welcome, dear listeners. We are speaking in the heat of the summer's afternoon, July the 24th, courtesy of uh, Bromley Football Club. Many thanks to them for enabling us to do this show here. Gentlemen, welcome. We're gathered here today to consider the post-season blues of Wembley. Um, heartbreak, or was it heartbreak? Um, I, I always thought we weren't going to do it anyway. I, I was comfortable that we weren't going to win the playoffs, and I said so, I think, in Zena last time we done And the reason being that I just... It was managing expectations, the old uh, adage. The old adage. And I just, uh, and I just had that feeling that it wasn't going to be our, our turn. So it didn't bother me too much. I mean, obviously it bothered me, but <coughs> it didn't. The, the bothering didn't last like the whole weekend and into the next week and yeah. all that. I was just sort of accepted it. That Can I ask, Tom, what was your prediction beginning of the season? Did you think we'd get mid table mediocrity? Yeah, 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 I was similar. Yeah, I was similar. Mid table respectability. I mean, last season, I, I genuinely enjoyed last season. I thought it was actually a real normal, yeah, yeah, traditional roller coaster yeah, yeah. where you never knew what was around the next corner. But it was enjoyable, Nick, wasn't it? Yeah. The, totally. The, the yeah. seasons before that, it was just like fucking brain It was brain death. Stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. And the playoffs, I mean, the, the, the two games versus Bradford, for me, were oh, why I support Millwall. I, I can't. Bradford away. I Bradford mean, away was immense. Grip that, because it was a great. I it, mean, it's just the first half, which was relentless. I mean, end to end stuff. We 
outpowered them in that first half. Um, and, and then the, the return leg at the Den, which was seated on the edge of their list, didn't it? Yeah, I know. You know, um, yeah. that's what Millwall f- uh, support is like. And if you don't like that, listeners probably find Charlton or Palace or I don't know. It's, it's, that's what you get at our club, don't yeah. you? It's never boring. It's never boring. Um, apart from the football for the last few years at home. But. <laughs> I mean, the Wembley final for me was probably a game too far in the aftermath of why we call two Titanic games over Bradford. We would we would we suffered losses of players. Marlon obviously during the course of the uh, playoff tournament. Um, and the, the, by the time we got to Wembley, I just felt that the, the seams were starting to pull a little bit at the edges. I want to come on to uh, maybe a, a controversial issue from the Wembley final. Let's, let's get it done. Tony Gray, Craig Gate, the um, captain C, the armband in the decision made allegedly um, in the dressing room before the game and, and taken away from Steve Morrison. Was that a right decision in, in <coughs> Wayne Sons? Fucking awful one. Fucking awful, says Dan. Absolutely awful. <laughs> I mean, Morrison's got himself in a position where he's expecting to lead a team out of Wembley. And it's no, it's no small thing. No. You know? Um, and you could see he was really pissed off. We were sitting next to the players' families, and um, after the game, Morrison comes over, and you could basically see him tell his family to go. He right. obviously arranged to meet him after he said, go, there's stuff to sort out. Right. This was after the game. I didn't know so there was, was, there was clearly going to be something going on in, <clears> in that dressing room afterwards. And let's face facts, you've spent all week... Ready to go out, lead the team out of Wembley, and then all of a sudden it's all changed. And, 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 and to me, it was just, you know, they could have done it jointly, they could have, you know, let Morrison carry on, because the team captain doesn't have to be the club captain. No. No, and the Morrison's contribution to the season was massive. Mm. Uh, you know, the driving force behind the, uh, the team that was at the eighth top scorers in the Football League we were last year. Quite an achievement itself. So Morrison's role in that was and immense. Not me, but some, someone with more um, foresight than me said that um, when Morrison took over as captain, it was because Tony Craig got injured, right? He mm. let tackle, if you remember, and he got carried off, didn't he? Yeah. And it, it, that was a sort of point of season when we started doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. It's not coming from yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the second issue is it's, it's Tony Craig and his ability to be the captain anyway, because to me, he shouldn't be starting another game for this yeah, but club. But where has this, this whole club captain piece come from? I don't, I don't know, I'm probably a little bit too old school. You know, you have a captain of a side and, and he's injured, he's out of the team, he had a serious injury. Yeah. Um, and to sort of still say he's a club captain and oh we are Steve take the armband I think that's wrong I think it's like the, the, the captain's out the captain's you are now the captain of the team the, the team the club Millwall yeah. it don't matter to me at the end of the day Morrison should have been captain yeah. simple as that oh it's interesting there's two I've printed off some of the news at Den stuff here and there's just two headlines here July the 5th um, Tony Craig the armband switch was not a problem says Tony um, Steve Morrison he says had no problem handing over the captain's armband before the League One player final against Barnsley. Mm. And then two days later, Mills Morrow hurt by a the captain decision. <laughs> I mean, Steve Morrison admits he was upset and angry. If you think about it, after it, it, it if, 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 <laughs> you know, as it was happening there and then, you know, I mean, Tony Craig, he's, he's been put in an awkward position as well. Yeah. Because yeah. what does he do? Does he, you know, like we, we've just agreed that it's, it's quite a prestigious thing to lead your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And suddenly Definitely. he's got the chance to do it. Should he have been the, the you know the man and said no? I tell you what, 
tomorrow, you've done it, yeah. so now you carry on, mate, well, you have it. Yeah. Or is he thinking, fuck me, this is my last chance It's a management thing. I mean, I, I think there's much to praise with Neil Harris last season, but I, I do think we've got to also be honest and say that was a critically poor decision within how many minutes of kick-off. Well, well, the, the other thing about it, not just the decision there and then, but we all knew Webster weren't going to play. Yeah. When I got there and saw him warming up, I was surprised. Yeah. When five, ten minutes later, he's broken down, it's clear he's not going to... Again, I was one of the first to see that he was breaking down because we were just not far from the benches. Yeah. You could see him You could see straight away he went down. It was obvious from the minute that he weren't fit. Now, apparently he passed the fitness test on a Friday. Now, what fucking fitness test? Passes a player fit on a Friday, but on a Saturday in a warm-up, <coughs> he goes down. To me... Something's not right in the medical team or the, whatever. The other thing for you know, me, they're not doing a test. The other thing for me is whether he was fit or not. Craig wasn't deemed good enough to be in the team yep. until ten minutes from exactly. the start yep. of the match. Now, for me, all right, he's your club captain. You could you could sort this out at the beginning of the season. You could say to the players, look, if Tony Craig's a club captain, when he's fit and he plays, he wears the armband. Yep. Everyone from the start of the season knows where they stand, and that's fair enough. But for me, the fact that he wasn't even good enough to be in the starting eleven, and then within 10 minutes, he's in the starting eleven and captain, that's the flawed bit for me. Because yeah. if he was fit and good enough, he'd have been in the fucking team and wearing the armband yeah. anyway. That's a good point. I suppose the heart of the issue, I mean, he returned to us last season from Brentford. Um, a lot of controversy. A lot of people didn't think he was the right signing for us. Um, some would have preferred to have seen the light. If you'd want a senior figure, Robinson or Mark Dunn. You know, I mean, you know. Um, well, my 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 thinking was most people were pleased to see him back. I, I didn't. I, I just didn't rate. I've never rated the fella. I think he's a mistake making him to happen in every game. And then he came on, and people say, "Oh, he was rusty. He hadn't played much." Within five minutes, Wembley showed why he shouldn't be in the team. He went herring out for a challenge in the air that he shouldn't have got nowhere near, and he's coming over from from right centre back, challenging up not towards the halfway line with the centre forward, and the defence was all over the place. Well, we were up against a decent <coughs> signing, Barnsley. I mean, yeah, had, that um, was a route one goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But all our defence was out of position. It wasn't Justin, don't you? No, know, it's the, no, 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 they were all over the place, weren't they? The whole defence was out of place. The fact that he's, he's gone hairy over to make a challenge and get nowhere near making a challenge, that, to me, is the sort of thing that Tony Craig does at least once a game. He got injured pretty much doing the same, doing the same thing. thing. He got completely yeah. out of position, yeah. needed to make a last-ditch block. To his credit that he made that block and, and he suffered the injury but he should not have needed to make that block if he'd been in the proper position I can't remember who it was against but didn't they score from the free kick anyway was it Bradford? I, I, I can't have erased it from a memory it was Bradford it was Bradford was it Bradford the thing is with, with Neil as a new manager you could see why he wants to look around the changing room see, see some big names leaving the club and think I need some Millwall type players yeah. in here yeah. you can understand yeah. why we signed Craig totally the same reason he's got Livermore as his, his number two number or whatever. Two. He mm. wants some Millwall-type characters in there. But With hindsight, was he the right player at the right time? I don't think What he I couldn't understand is he signed Craig but got rid of Dunham. Now, Dunham and Harris, by all accounts, are good mates, as I mm. understand it, and it must have been a tough decision to let his mate go. But he's, he's re-signed Tony Craig, and I mean... 
much of a muchness to me. In playing terms, similar, they both make errors. They're both fully committed players. I mean, yeah. No one can fault their middle heart. But in fairness to Craig, he, you know, he had he had played thirty odd games in a promotion winning Brentford team, yeah. hadn't he? He yeah. played, you know, whether you rate him as a footballer or not. If you look at his CV. He's he's played in two playoffs and won two of them. You know he's the type of talisman or whatever you want around the club. Mm. And on paper, it wouldn't have been a bad signing. Yeah, but unfortunately, don't play football. Yeah, but unfortunately, that he took thirty odd games playing in Brentford promotion team and forgot the fucking three hundred games or whatever he played for us. Achtung, Milwaukee. So, we, I mean, we rather gifted the game to Barnsley for those reasons, but it, I, something else I wanted to raise, I, I felt we, we were more than good enough to beat three quarters of the teams in that league last season, but I always felt we struggled slightly against passing sides that had a bit of pace, that knocked it about, kept the ball, yeah. and slightly disengaged our, I mean, I've written the hoof ball, it's not a hoof ball we play, but it's, it's a direct old-fashioned it's, style. It's not far off it sometimes, is it? No. It's like... We lack a plan B, don't we? Yeah. That's probably where we, we, well, we do like the diagonal ball, don't we? The long diagonal ball sort of game that, you know, it's just going from either the, the right back or the left back and it, they're just pushing it forward a bit and then bang, it goes over the opposite. But, in fairness... If, if you're a scout, you know, uh, you yeah. know, from another club and you're watching the way they play, you, you're going to nail it in one go, aren't you? Know, well, I wonder if we got found out a couple of times last yeah, exactly. season, teams seem to... Seem to but in, in fairness, if you look at our football's changing, we've gone from the tippy-tappy bollocks to a more direct style across all the leagues. And if you look at our Leicester, Stoke, teams like that we're doing last year, they were playing direct, <coughs> not football, direct, fast, high-tempo football. Yeah. And actually, if it's achieving results, then we need to play it better. There's nothing wrong with playing it, as you say, Nick, I think we've got to have a plan B for when we get frustrated. Well, what? But we look at our results, as you say, eighth top scoring team, we you know, finished, was it fourth or fifth, I can't remember now. Um, we didn't do bad doing that football. No, know? I mean, I, th- I think we've... And don't forget, we was only, um, was it two two wins away from actually all made promotion yeah. as well? Yeah. 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 So, Whereas yeah. under Holloway, we had 70% possession in some game and fucking lose 3-0. You know, so if you ask me, and I, I know you spoke about this before, Nick, what sort of fucking football you prefer, I'll have last season all fucking day long. Oh, no, no, I think it was yeah, really yeah, Generally enjoyed it. I mean, I was really direct, yeah. exciting player, and it was. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was an exciting season. Um, I, I suppose what what struck me was that it was, it was a season that slightly arose out of unexpectedly so. I think even the club were planning for a mid table, perhaps top yeah. half finish, but no, no, certainly not troubling anyone with a development idea that this was going to be the season where perhaps we pushed on. So the season was a, was a surprise, perhaps. At times, I felt our midfield was a little bit wanting. Well, I know Ben Thompson, obviously, a huge prospect, but um, the second leg against um, Bradford, I thought he's, he's got slightly found out a little bit at the moment. He's a yeah. young boy. Yeah. But they nailed him in the second leg, and he, he wasn't able to rampage in the, quite the same it's, way. It's numbers as well. It's numbers, but if you're playing two centre midfield players and you've got three up against you, you're immediately under pressure, especially if you've got runners coming through. Yeah. That's what Barnsley But, but something, something that's jumping out for me is, um, Pete's just said there, probably one of the best seasons you've seen for a long time, and I'll, yeah. I'll share that. Um, and Neil Harris has just completed his first year as a manager, and here we are talking about the negatives of the season, uh, and it sort of, sort of jumps out to me that perhaps he needs some help. Um, I know that at the beginning of the season was not talk about Steve Coppel and, and other people and I just think it's a little bit of inexperience. You, you talk about plan B, you're quite right. There is no plan B. 
and I just think perhaps he needs a little elder statesman in there. I don't think David Livermore, he's a mate, he's not necessarily going to give him that edge, but I think someone else yeah. to give him some help this year would be great, because I, I, I think Neil had a fantastic season. People, people keep saying that, but I'd rather he learn from his mistakes and pushed on and been yeah. his own man, yeah. because the minute you bring someone else in, you almost question the decisions at times, and, and I think... He's got a lot of... It's one other thing I said. Before we appointed Holloway, I would like to see Neil Harrison and Scott Fitzgerald carry on because, and give them a shot at it because simply they, they understand the club and he had a big rope. And I think I remember saying it to Nick once on, a, on an act time that Harris was always going to have a big honeymoon period, more than anyone else was ever going to have in this football yeah. club. So he's had chance to learn. Other managers would have made the mistakes he made last season and got absolutely crucified. There's no doubt about it. He is learning on the job. I'd rather we had one man in front of him. In a way, he reminds me a little bit of Sean Deitch. And that's what I'd like to see. Just let him get on with it and have expectations at the right level. My fear is next season the expectation is going to be too They've already come out and said that, Derek, haven't they? Well, uh, Ambler said top 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 two. Top two. Um, And that's putting the pressure straight on. Jill Narges, top six. I mean, the players are never going to say anything other than. Oh. They want to finish top of the so, league, but I mean, yeah, um, go for it by all means. You know, if you get best, there is a weight of expectation this season, and that generates by the success of last year. Yeah. I want to pick up on what Barry um, rightly says. I mean, we, we, we're damning Neil Harrison away when we should be praising him because I dare say he won't take away the captaincy before a big game in the future. That's that's a learning experience. We've all been there. We all know what what you know. Critical errors feel like when they blow up in your face. Um, he may or may not play Tony Craig in left back or centre back in any further. I don't, we don't know. Craig's going to start left back, isn't it? Yeah, that worries me. Because Joe Martin is Joe Martin still injured or? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it worries me that Craig is the. So I've got a, although Ferguson's back now. So yeah, I'll prefer. So Ferguson. there's two big things for me about last season, and and I look at the first game and the last game, and um, we see Chadwick Shrewsbury. That was a, a yeah, an eventful yeah, little travel. Yeah, it was, um, and uh, you know we went one or we pulled it back. Um, and we, we won the game. And I remember Gillingham away, you know, same thing again. We went one all, we pulled it back, we won the game. So there's two things that jumped out at me. I actually think defensively, that's probably the most sound I've seen us for years. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the centre backs. I thought Beavers and Webster were superb, but yeah. the full backs, especially Joe Martin and um, Mar- Mar- Marlon, yeah. superb. But what I really, really liked is the way we could turn things around. So we were very, very strong up front. You look at the way. You know, we were scoring goals. Mm. But as a, as a team, I thought we were very, very strong. And to be true, I, towards the end, I, I, thought, I thought we were going to nick second. I really did think we were going to go for that. There was, there was no reason why we couldn't have done I just think that, I mean, I've written one of the things here, that, that our, our squad has its, has its limitations. And yeah. I think at times those limitations came through. But I do want, just going back to praising Neil Harris, um, we've seen players develop. We haven't seen them for a long time. How many yeah. years since we watched... I mean, I'm written down here, Webster, Byron Webster, that man I was quite scathing about when I first saw him. I thought he was big but patsy. And now he's an essential, critical part yeah. of our defence that we, we have a hole when he's not there. Marlon Romeo, player of immense talent, promise. Jordan Archer, the same. You've got youngsters like Ben Thompson have got a lot to them. But you've seen players come from um, obscurity almost into, into now being first-choice picks. That's... I can't think the last time we saw it on this scale. But that's key, Nick, because if you look back at some of the early podcasts we did, what we were saying is we were getting players online, developing other teams, yeah, fucking players. Exactly, yeah. Now we're developing our own. Yeah. And it just shows you that we have got some good rough diamonds coming through. 
And you know, you've got your Phil Potts, you've got the um, the young left back, is it Cheeseman or where? Cheeseman, yeah. Cheeseman, Cheeseman. Um, it's everywhere in the team now. You've got youngsters who are fighting for places against established first team players, and that can only be a good the, thing. The big worry for me, if, if we were sitting there and we kept Beavers and we thought we were going to keep Gregory, I'd be really, really optimistic for next season. But I think those two are going to leave. A well, massive, massive hole. Beavers is a loss because I think he was underrated as a defender. Um, I've got Lee Limbo Gregory. Will he stay or will he go in here? I mean, the, the Gregory thing is another another story. This is going to be. That's good. Yeah, if someone it? comes in with a right yeah, bid, he's going to go. Yeah. go. That's obvious. Yeah. I mean, there's no. Yeah, I mean, Rotherham, the, the, the glittering bright lights of Rotherham will <laughs> turn anyone's head, don't won't they? Um, turn to Tony Town, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, he's a northern boy, so I, I don't know the pull of those places. It's hard to understand for us, but um, clearly the, the bids that have been made, four bids, did I read online? There's been three or four bids from Rotherham, so they're not matching their valuation at the moment, but they, if they do match well, if you read valuation, what the, the, was it the, the, the chairman of Rotherham said that he was going to, he would give the manager, as it Stubbs, the manager, Alan Stubbs, is it? He would give him what he wants to go and buy that. If you want that player, the same as that chair, but he's go and buy him. him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he, the, the bids came in. Not enough. Not enough. Mm. I, I've read it went up to 1.2 million. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, there was talk 1.4. I am. And but the chairman said to his manager, if they want 1.4 and you want him, mm. we're buying. Yeah. The manager said. He ain't worth what I went for. Yeah. I don't so want to go to the so. But this is so. This, yeah. this is know, really a funny summer because you, you, you saw Josie go to Charlton for 700, 800,000, was it? Something like that. Not, Swindon. Yeah. You know, he was top scorer in the division last year, and that's sort of put a benchmark that anyone paying above that for Gregory starts saying, well, why are we paying that? Yeah. Having said that, the other week, the Oxford kid, is it Ruth Kemal Ruth? Ruth yeah, yeah. Went to Leeds for two or three million. Yeah. yeah. Now, you might argue he's younger and got more attention in him than 28-year-old, 29-year-old, whatever he is, Lee Gregory. But but, but I just want to say, on on the back of it, I can remember we did um, a podcast um, in the box that that Mm. was barrier range against Gillingham. And we had a guy there who was a Gillingham fan who sat in with us. I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... um, we were talking. I don't think we was talking on on the microphone. Mm. We was talking like afterwards, you know, afterwards yeah. Yeah. And, he, and he was talking about their their million pound player, the Bradley Dak. Dak, yeah. He said he is our million pound player. And I remember we we all sort of we were yeah yeah. And I, and I could see we were all thinking, who's our fucking million? Got <laughs> <laughs> one. You got one. It. It. it wasn't that long ago, was it? No, well, about a year ago, what the rumours of Gregory for half million bid by Wigan. And we, yeah, we were like, fuck it, we should have bit their arm off for yeah, it. Yeah. So it shows yeah. that a player's stock goes up and down. Well, I mean, it's so, interesting enough for me, I think, I think we're still selling Steve Morrison short a little bit because I think one of the key reasons Gregory became the 27 or 28 goal striker was because of A, the work yeah. that Morrison did, yeah, helping absolutely. him and developing him. And also the assists, I looked at the figures, I think he got something like 14 or 15 assists, yeah. Yeah. Morrison. So... Even if we lost Gregory, for me, it ain't all bad because if Morrison stays fit, I'd put O'Brien in. I reckon O'Brien would get 20 goals I'd playing play alongside I'll Morrison. You, I, I, it's, a, it's an interesting point because, I mean, to me, it's make or break season for a couple of our players. Mm. And, you know, early season, we really missed O'Brien last year. He came back that storm in, what, October, November or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And he plays his shit from December. And then we played him out wide and in midfield. Yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It'd be interesting to see whether he's, to me, it's a season where it's a bit make or break for him. And the other one like that is, is Fred. So I suspect if Gregory goes, you might just find that, that someone else is given opportunity. But Fred's been playing up top in the pre-season, which is an interesting, because that's just a slightly different style of play. Because, um, you know, our Doric style suited, because we had two six-foot-one, six-foot-two centre-forwards who could do a bit of everything. The window's, um, the window's open until the end of August as well, isn't it? Yeah. And as um, Pete said earlier, you know, this money starts flashing through, doesn't it, Pete? And... Um, I, I do I do think Gregory will go. I really, really also, do. Also, if he don't go then, he'll go in January because we'll suddenly look at the contract. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, time, I really yeah. do. I'll be very surprised if he's there on the 1st of mm. September. Very surprised. The other intro, I mean, I've not really been into any of the pre-season. I've followed the news reports such as you get on the pre-season friendlies. Um, I think it was we won at uh, Crawley yesterday um, from a header from Lee Gregory, but the quality of the crossing apparently has been a point of issue. So we've signed... David Worrell and Greg Wilde to that specific aim in sight to try and get the crosses into the box, which will obviously suit the likes of uh, Morrison and possibly Gregory if he stays or goes. And I'll take Barry's point, but I'm, if we get the crosses flying, in, in, to some extent, it don't matter who's on the end of it, does it? We saw that as well. Yeah, but if it was me on the end of it, remember when we signed um, Wallace on loan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The dip, and he was a, he could cross a football. Yeah, yeah. About that. He yeah. could run with it and cross yeah, with it. Could, can and you saw the difference then when he was playing. Well, well and so could Romeo. Romeo's got a good cross there. Yeah. And yeah. Ferguson as well. Yeah. So we've signed, I haven't seen Warrior, I don't really know much about Wild in all honesty, but that's clearly um, I think an area trying to address. I think they're 4 4 2 wingers if you get that. Yeah. And yeah. what I mean by that is they're wingers who work up and down. They'll stay up yeah. and down. And we'll work. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of them yet. Wild's apparently meant to be shot for shovel and he's really, really quick, apparently. I think it's wild, they said it was really quick. Well, but the, the downside of that comes back to the point Nick made earlier, is for me, our good a winger and say right back or winger and left back combination is his key because all the time you're pushing forward and getting crosses on, you're leaving gaps and it's our well. And that's why, you know, Dunn always looked a much better player when Henry played on the right with yeah, him because yeah. they both could get up and down the yeah. pitch. They used to overlap each other. 
Whereas, you know, you, you don't get exposed as a fullback if if you're your wingers prepared to track back. There's a different way of playing for and Carl Walker showed it in the Euros in the first couple of games and, and, and Marlon was one of those. <laughs> Carl Walker was the best right back in the That Euros. must be when I went to the toilet and missed that no, bit. Brilliant. <laughs> so, so you remember back, I always remember back the, the, the cup final run when Muscat got injured and we were yeah. fucked, completely Absolutely. fucked because he was just playing that whole right hand flank and, and it allowed us to play in a certain way because it meant the, the right hand side midfielder could get in and get a bit bit tighter and a bit closer and Marlon was allowing us to do that a little bit Taylor was able to come in off it, off it a little bit and um, you know we did miss him in the playoffs giving us that width and that attacking element and and, and so could it be that these wingers might be Warrell I suppose he's going to tuck in a little bit more push on a little bit more but it, you know they, 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 they look solid signings but you know we're not really seeing a lot of them yet I think the uh, thing I like is he's moved quickly Quite yeah, the, the business has been going quickly. fast. That's, like that's good to see. Yeah. So yeah. They're training with us now. They're, yeah. they're part of the squad. Yeah. They're building they're up. They're Portugal. You know, yeah, they're, they're doing part, part of the squad, aren't they? I mean, I'm just uh, going back to Gregory for a moment. Clearly, if we sell him, which we may do, as, as Barry rightly pointed out, we're selling effectively 25 goals, aren't we? Because that's what 28 mm. goals what he picked up last season. I'm just wondering, contrasting that with the nine goals, was it he got in the championship for us under the under Holloway? And, yeah, but to be fair to him, it's um, his first year. Is, is it the Morrison fact that has brought these 20 odd goals? Oh, it's to a bit of everything. It's a bit of lower level football, it's a bit of adapting to league football. Defences are training more often. Yeah. You know, remember he got those goals and he, he was struggling with an injury towards the end, wasn't he? He was playing injured and then had that operation that he almost missed the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so to be fair to me, how many could he have had? He, he could have the difference last yeah. season was we had goals around the pitch. I think Webster ended up with five or six. Yeah, he did. So he was a quite a dangerous player yeah. in the box, actually. Yeah, and to be honest with you, that, that's what we've lacked. We, we've always relied. When, when you've got your best striker is scoring 12, yeah. and you've got nothing coming from midfield yeah. or the back, you're going to get relegated. It's as yeah. fucking simple as that. Yeah. So, but now, when you look around the team, we had O'Brien with 12, we had Morrison with, we ended up about 20, didn't they? 18, something, something like that. Yeah. Um, got a few as well, didn't William has got six, stuff. didn't he? And he didn't, you know, he missed quite a few games. Yeah. He's already scored the boy. You know. one, mate. He was the best player for us in the Barnsley uh, game. He's an intriguing player, Williams, and maybe go on to him. because He made a difference when he came on against Barnsley. I think that's, you know, just going back to an earlier point, our, our lack of a plan B. I'm not saying Williams is is, is um, the best player ever to put on a middle shirt, but he does pass the ball well, and that's what plan B looks like, doesn't it? It's not always hitting it long, trying to find a big man up front. It's sometimes just finding the man in space, and that's where Williams comes into his own. But it's, it, I know he has his critics out there, and a, and a mischievous nickname the one. But I, I, well, he's on form. I like him. Yeah, I've got uh, something about him. I, I, I think the thing is, when we signed him and Holloway brought him in, you must remember we, he was sitting in front of the back four and he was sort of spreading balls uh, yeah. across and he had McDonald's always on choke for him, didn't he? Mm. He was coming deep. We played one up top and to me, he looked good. All of a sudden now, I just feel this season's out of the his sleeves up and he ain't up for it. He, he can pass the ball. Yeah. He, he clearly can pass the ball. And it makes you wonder if you could sit Ben Thompson behind him to do the graft, yeah. to release him, to do the passing, it's an opportunity. But, but, but he did disappoint me last But the problem is to find space to play the ball, he has to come in and take the ball yeah. deeper. And, and need space to do that. It's, it's like with Abdu, the last few, everyone cuts off Jimmy Abdu left, right, and centre for his lack of ability. But what happens is because he's not the player to bring it out, he ends up getting pushed up into more advanced areas, mm. and then someone else drops in and comes deep. And, and Jimmy, he's, he's, he just sits in front, he mops it up. You know, he, he does the work, doesn't he's he? He's an old school defensive midfielder mm. in the Macalady style, in that right, your full back goes up, 
Jimmy will be in there covering. He'll be the first man back and filling in for your fullback. Yeah. You know, that's Jimmy's game. Asking him to press high up the field, he's got the energy to do it, but he's going to come up with the technical limitations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and therefore, if you're asking them Williams to, to drop in or Thompson to drop in, you know, Williams does that, Thompson's going to play higher up the field. So, is that Thompson's game? Achtung, Mailball. Big season ahead for some of the youngsters. You mentioned Fred already, Derek. Um, yeah, he's showing some form. Yeah, and I've seen him as a central striker. Talk about him as a striker now, which yeah. um, he had some success at Wickham in that kind of role, didn't he? That's why I was so disappointed with him when, when he came back. So we were watching what he was doing at Wickham, yeah. thinking, hey, like, we've got fucking money here, haven't we? Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. And he's uh, played wide, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, 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 really, he's been very highly rated for a very long time. And, but the, the, the problem, I even remember him playing a, a youth game down here a few years back, pre-season. And um, at the time, they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. They didn't know what his position was going to be. And that night, they tried him initially playing as the holding midfield player in a three because they wanted him to see more of the game. Yeah. And he just couldn't do it. Then they played him as attacking midfield player and he looked much, much more happy. Yeah. And to me, that's his role, playing in between the strikers and the midfield, getting on the ball, making things happen. He has some tricks on the ball. But we're not playing like that. No, the tricks in front of the penalty area can work. We're yeah. played nearly an halfway line, they just fade into nothing. I think, I think it's a big break, make or break season for him. I think him and O'Brien... Well, they're, they're they've got a lot to prove. Way, they? They've got a lot to prove this season. The problem for me is, Kido, is we're talking about having a relatively small squad. But actually, we're already highlighting the competition for places yeah. is key because where did, if if we all picked our starting lineup, I think it'd all look pretty similar. Mm. So would Fred be in it? He, he may not be in. He's unproven to start, isn't he? He's unproven to start. But that, but that's the, the the dilemma now for Neil. He, he's proven the concept that a small, tight squad. We didn't use 48 players last year. I don't know how many we used, but it wasn't what Holloway used. Well, <laughs> consistency is greater when you've got... And team spirit. And giving kids a chance yeah. when you need to. I remember being disappointed early last season when he brought in Savile. Because Savile looked a good player, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But when he brought in Savile, rather than give Ben Thompson a real proper mm-hmm. shot, I was disappointed in that. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I mean, Thompson's come through and proven while we were right. Yeah. He only played Marlon Romeo because he, he was short of a right back one week and he played him and he, he, he played really, really well. Two, three years ago, I remember we had, we, we, instead, we had I think Dunn got sent off and got suspended and Edwards was out or something. And instead of giving the young kid that we had at the time, Josh Seifer, uh, one yeah, game, yeah, 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 yeah. we went and signed someone called Connolly on a three-month yeah. Short-term deal. Who was absolute dog shit? Paul Connolly was it? Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah. Rather than give a kid a chance, that's really he's going to fuck youngsters off. And I had to fuck Scott Fitzgerald off yeah. to the point that he would nearly went out the door to, to Fulham, but in the end mm. stayed because he could see the potential for, for these players. But when you talk, when you talk about casualties, for me, as I was walking out of Wembley, he's written the nail on the head. He said. He was walking in front of me and he said, if we can't find a better midfielder than Jimmy Abdu in eight seasons, that's the root of the problem. <laughs> now, we've all talked about, I'm not slagging Jimmy up, he's been a good servant to the club and he's certainly had his, his you know, days in the sun. But you look at him and you think... He must be getting on there. He's 36, if someone's got to make way, you know, and I'm not even talking about Williams as a first team, I'm talking about possibly Ben and maybe mm. Fred or whatever in the middle, however he's going to pick him. But maybe both of them are going to be casualties. Yeah. 
I mean, Jimmy's a funny one. I mean, Jimmy, to me, is the modern-day Livermore. I mean, it was the same thing with Livermore. Every manager wanted to replace him. No manager managed to do it. And, and, and it's the same with Neil Harris at the moment. I mean, Harris didn't have him in the sighting line-up, but he forced his way back into it, didn't he? So, Big season for Sid Nelson. Slightly um, faded from view a little bit, hasn't he? Oh, really? Do you um, think he got really sort of fucked over by Holloway when he made him captain? Yeah. That was a stupid thing. Oh, I know. Crazy, wasn't it? And that's from that. I don't know if that fucking done him any favours or not. I think, like, like a few... Um, I mean, that, that don't know. He was a youngster. He's been made captain purely for political reasons. Um, I, I sometimes wonder with Sid whether we know what his best position is. A bit like Fred. And then the, the, hey, no, Brian, what's it? Is he a centre defender? Is he a right? Since no, right a centre back, end, end of story, he's a centre back. He's, like he's too young. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not got the strength to play centre back against the likes yeah. of James Hansen. Yeah, some of these players would love to. My worry is concentration with Sid because he's not playing regularly. And, and, and to me, it, I, I was hoping he was going to become the new Keith Stevens yeah. over time. My, my fear is now. Fear is the right word. He's going to be the, the next Alan Dunn or Tony Craig. Okay. So he'll be a regular who, who will always be one. Like a Mr. Millwall, you bring him when you need a bit of fire. He played down against Bromley that week, and his howler for Bromley's goal was just terrible. Right. It was unforgivable for any player at any level to make the mistake that he right. made, and it, and it was. It just seemed to be lack of concentration. Is that and, and is that because he's not playing games? You know, people say he was dropped because he he made a mistake against. And, but remember that was Beavers had been left on the bench because he'd been suspended and Beavers was going to come back in the team but Sid had an absolute nightmare that day. it wasn't just one mistake does he, um, yeah but does he need a lump yeah that might be but, but I, tell, I tell you now who wants to take an 18, 19, what's he now 20 year old centre half on loan mm. who, who you know for developmental purposes conference sides don't want them yeah but come you know come January some, you know, I'm surprised last year. I know at the end of the day he had Webster's and Webster and Beavers, and he's probably there as cover. But yeah, it's almost like Holloway put him in there, threw him in there. I agree with Don. He should never have made him captain. Um, he, he, he's, he's, he needs to beef up a little bit to me. He needs yeah. to be a bit bigger. He needs more. But to me, body, just don't yeah. send him away. Lower league, a bit of conference. Yeah. Who, who was uh, who, who went to um, Aldershot last year? I can't remember. On a strikers, wasn't it? Yeah, someone went to and I just thought that you know that would fit really, really well. Yeah, but it? those teams don't want centre halves. Yeah, but come because, January they might do. I mean, That's uh, the point, Derek. Yeah, they might be thinking, "Fucking hell, we need to freshen things when, up." When, when Bromley needed a centre half last season, they signed Ben Chorley, four hundred league games, thirty-three years old. Big bloke. They can get a centre half yeah. like that to come straight into the conference yeah. and compete, rather than take a twenty-year-old callow youth sort of thing. This is this is the problem. But you don't. But anyone who's going to go and watch Sid playing under twenty ones will see he'll stick his fucking head in anyway. Oh, absolutely. He's got no. That's fear. what I mean. Yeah, made mistakes, but someone will go. Do you yeah. know what? We're in this shit. I'll take a flyer on him. Oh, I'd, 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 I'd still. And like I thought that would have happened last year. Yeah. I really did. I've written down Twardek, Chris Twardek, big season. There, there's a player there. Every, I mean, I've not seen enough of him. Nah, no, I've only seen. Just amazing. He is. He's got lovely feet. He is quite a big lad. He's not. He's not small, Twardek. Um, but he does look like a winger, and I think he could be a player that breaks through. There was talk of him breaking through last season, but they are looking. He's one of the players that are looking to put out on loan at the moment. Some, some Where's sport. he from with a name like that? He's Czech, from Canada, but has Czech heritage and is a Czech under 18 international or something like that. But he, um, he does look a player to me, and they are trying to get him 
out on loan at the moment. He's one of the ones that's trying to get out on loan. And uh, Jamie Field, what is it? Um, I mean, another name that's, that's does it rounds. He scored that goal at uh, Wolves. Very high. Dad was in front of us at Wolves when yeah. he scored. Oh, I'll tell you what, yeah. fucking tears in his eyes. Yeah. I thought he'd done that. Got he'd come off, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it was about six minutes. Wasn't it? It's a great goal on a touchline, wasn't it? Yeah. On the on the goal line. I'll, I'll, again, he, he, well. he's a player with promise, but what can he take the promise? Yeah. To become a regular, yeah. he's got to change. It's like they did with John Marcus. You, you've got to turn him from just being a kid who scores goals in the in the yeah, under twenty one season to a player who can well, compete and con- contribute all round. The thing is, when that footballers at that fucking age, and and they develop all the way up till they're seventeen, eighteen, and then the most important three years for me are eighteen to twenty one. It's what yeah. they do in that little window. It governs a lot, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And we've seen it, you know. Michael Marks and Teddy Sheridan both, both broke into the first team at the same time. Mm. Teddy Sheridan went off down one route, Michael Marks went off down another route. You, you can see it happening with youngsters. We've seen Danny Hopkins, we've seen John Marcus's. Either they've got absolute no fear and they play with fucking arrogance and they lob goalish from 30 yards and they get a name for themselves or they disappear up their own yeah. arse and end up at fucking... <laughs> But the, pro- the problem with it is, and actually, I mean, you mentioned Danny, and you mentioned Don Marquis, and there's some mm. people who vested interest in those two players around this table. But I mean, I chatted to Danny about this once, and, and he told me he said the problem is you go in, you're signed as a 12, 13 year old, or whatever, whatever it is, because you score shitloads of goals. You go through the age groups, and you score shitloads of goals. You go into the reserve side or under 21s, and you score shitloads of goals. But then they want you to do more than score goals. Mm. So they want you to play as a hold-up, as a target man. As, a, as a, and I'm sure they did the same with John. I always joke, John looked good until Kenny Jackett turned, tried to turn him into Kenny, uh, Steve Morris and Mark II mm. and asked him to do more. Marcus used to bang him for fun in the under-21s, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, Marcus, would have, Marcus would have gone the other way if Neil Harris had managed him as opposed to Kenny Jackett. Quite possibly, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know Neil would have managed him in the, uh, the under-21s or whatever, but I think he'd have got a chance... Yeah. And he, he might have made the grade, yeah. whereas Jacket fucked him about out on loan, and he didn't he didn't do the kid any fucks. So, so does it help? Um, and a, a good mate of mine, his boy is uh, fifteen. He's just been signed for two years, um, and I've been to see him a couple of times. And the kids coming through now, there is a fantastic crop. So I actually yeah. think oh, our yeah, whole yeah. approach to youth football. From you know, right down to a very mm. young age, to the boys that come out is totally different now. Mm. You know, um, I had a lot of time with Kenny Jacket, but you know, I, I think he actually pulled the heart out of the youth when he was here. I think the fact that it's all come back, so I think actually the opportunities are there now for the youngsters. I really yeah. do. I'm just running my eye down the list of summertime goodbyes, as I've called, yeah. called it, because <laughs> it, it's, it's remarkable on that point. Yeah. Because I mean, you look at the promise of some of these kids coming through, and the fact there is another wave. Maybe at fifteen-year-old levels yet to yet to come through, but I mean Beavers we've spoken about already. Lee, Lee, Lee Gregor we don't know yet possibly. Carlos Edwards was a fantastic signing. I thought he, he was a real servant to our club and the man of, of his age and experience. I thought he did bring come too late for us. He came too really late, but yeah. he, he, he contributed. Yeah. And I think that's all you could have asked of him. Yeah. That's I'd give him a coaching role just for yeah. his attitude. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You, you can't do that, can you? I mean, this is the problem. You end up with more coaches than fucking players. No, but why not? Because <laughs> <laughs> you might not want one. Everyone says, oh, he was a great player, him a job as a coach, but... Yeah, but we didn't offer him a coaching role, did we? Yeah, but so he might not have been coaching. This, you don't, you don't know, know, do you? Unless yeah. you have that conversation with him, you don't know. I mean, Alan Dunn was probably the best coach on our books a year ago. 
I've shown you weren't the best fucking player. Going back to this point about giving a loyal servant a job coaching, Alan Dunn is a very, very good well, I'll tell you now, I'll tell you now, Tony Craig will end up with a job if New Era stays yeah, in. I, 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 just on that point, I mean, I, I just worried at, at times that the, one of the problems with me has been run sentimentally at times is this idea that because yeah. yeah. you're a nice bloke yeah. you're a good player yeah, you're yeah, old remember that yeah. time yeah. That you exactly. put that tackle in up yeah, there yeah. at Sheffield that yeah. makes oh, you I mean, a coach yeah. the best clubs are ruthless aren't they Billy Neal what a cunt what's we'll he ever done with a club you know you're, you're <laughs> right aren't you <laughs> Barry Rowan get yeah. him get him <laughs> fucking 40 oh, years ago Barry Rowan he walks on his pride he gets short club and buy my jacket you let him have one of his managers coaches so we've done the quality goodbyes it's been and Edwards, and they're Ed Upson, who I always... Oh, I liked Ed Upson. I, I, I felt promised when he delivered. I didn't mind Ed Upson. I didn't, he he's was, gone he on the Milton Keynes, hasn't he? He was on one. What a fantastic name. Ed Upson came on, Peterborough away. We, we, we got battered, didn't we? 5-3, something like that. Yeah. He came on. Jimmy went off after about three minutes. Yeah. Ed Upson came on. He was superb. I couldn't believe how well he played. Mm. And then since then... He was a fucking shadow of his former self. He, 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 he kept getting asked around, didn't he? He never got to play. No, he never got to miss that. So. But I, mean, I, I think it's, it's something that he's, he's moved on and he's got signed immediately. So that, that's yeah, something that he'll yeah, do well. And, and on the same, I mean, Lee Martin, he's gone to Gillingham now, hasn't he? So, um, <laughs> Runs around a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> Let's move past Lee Martin. <laughs> John, we spoke about John Marquis. Jack Power, I that think. That was a strange one, wasn't it? Yeah, Jack I don't think everyone knows anything exactly what happened there. Jack. Uh, lots of rumours. Is it someone bought? Is it? He's signed for Ebbsfleet. Ebbsfleet, you know. Is it Ebbsfleet? Is it? And they're a lower, they're not conference level, are they? They're, they're, they're conference south level. So, but, but with shit loads of money. I mean, you talk about <coughs> conference yeah. south's club that's funded better than most the Division six, six, effectively. He probably yeah. ain't took a hit on any wages, has he, going there from what we were paying. Oh, I heard yeah, he was a bit chippy and. I liked him I thought he had promise but then promise you don't deliver on his no promise so I remember watching him against Southampton oh, and he was like a fucking well beater yeah. bearing in mind he was playing against four and five million pound midfielders yeah. he made him look fucking stupid yeah. Yeah. Chris Taylor gone back up North I, think Bolton. A, I think that's a close escape personally Chris Taylor um, he never showed anything that's nah. that spell I mean he scored what within three minutes of his yeah. return match. well he was a replacement for Jed Wallace and there was there was a shot um, I mean it was weaker not a bad player but he just was a bit for me he gets his priorities all wrong when he wants to sign with clubs where his mate Mark Beavers is going that's fucking wrong you play, <laughs> but they just follow each other around a bit it's a bit fucking Bizarre thing. Uh, anyone remember Paris Cowan Hall? Apparently, he was still oh, on that yeah. books up until oh, recently. Class leaks. What you call him, Nick? Class Paris. Gone back to Wickham. back to Wickham. And then two um, players never never really um, touched out there. Um, That's only a loan deal, isn't it? Yep. Uh, and I, I believe it is a loan, yeah. but the kind of loan where yeah. you think you're going to be coming back. back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keaton Woods goalkeeper was he? Was no Keaton Woods was the centre actually they, they do say that Keaton Woods was close to getting a contract and he's actually not a bad player but he's in I think he's at Dartford actually somewhere like that in the other I was place. close to having a salad once <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Chris Chris Parr I don't know anything about I didn't oh, even know who he was Chris yeah. Parr's left us so all we know is he's gone he's gone I'll just um, know he looks like salmon but but that, but that there when you remember what happened last year when Neil came in and he inherited this massive squad you know, when we talked about Dunny earlier, you yeah. know, he had to make some big decisions. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reality is he's having to do that is because he knows he's got these players coming for yeah. him. You've got to make room. But also, if you look at, what was it, 19 out last year, there's another seven or eight there. Yeah. He's only actually bought three in. Yeah. yeah. That we've yeah. paid any money for. Yeah. 
And leaving, Greg, leaving Gregory aside, I mean, and Beavers to an extent, uh, none of those others would, would bother you if they were no. here. No. No. Would you worry if they're gone? No. 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 None no. of them, no. in no. truth. Dead wood, really, isn't it? So yeah. that's what yeah. we were labouring under, and that's, you know, what was being got I mean, got youngsters come through and, and you give them a chance that either works or it doesn't. I mean, thankfully, we seem to have a few youngsters who are working out at the moment. I mean, you know, if you, we've talked about Aidan, we've talked about Fred, we've talked about Ben Thompson and how establish one of the first names on the team sheet. Sid, we've talked about. Uh, Chesamay must be pushing for that left back slot. slot it's this not a competition. Twardek must be on the fringes. Pavey seems to have drifted out of contention. Phil Potts in. You know, there's, there's a lot of kids. So you're saying we haven't replaced them? We have. We, we just, we just don't know these players yet, truly, do but we? We haven't really seen whether these players are going to be really, really good players for us or, or whether they end up being a load of old shit who, you well, know. If we rewound back 12 months, we'd be saying, who's Ben Thompson? Who's Marlon yeah. Romeo? Yeah, yeah. Jordan Archer, what do we yeah. know about him? Yeah. So well, the interesting one, Mar- Marlon's an interesting one because he was released, apparently, by Gillian, wasn't he, and came to us. Yes, yes. And the rumour was he had a bad attitude at Gillian. Right. Uh, and people put it down to the fact he was an North London boy who was Arsenal for all these years didn't like having to travel away <coughs> to Gillingham to go and uh, play you know, for the under 21 sort of thing that's, I don't know whether that's true or not we've signed a kid this from Ireland Rooney Rooney yeah, yeah. Paul and Rooney. I actually Spender. saw a little bit of him down here for half hour and he looked as if raw material there's a player now okay. but he looked a bit sort of you know, he's, he, wasn't, he's he wasn't refined. He was yeah. very raw, shall we say? Mm. Um, but to Keep me, table. he could be next season's Marlon Romeo, if you get what I mean. Opportunities present like themselves. A kid, Gary, a kid who yeah. could do a little bit more than you're expecting from him. Who, who would have thought David Ford? I mean, his, his form would have been so dramatically cut, you know, to give Jordan the, 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 the chance yeah. to come in. I mean, you, I wouldn't have predicted it. I mean, I always thought he was a, well, a Jordan, strong well, Jordan, like, you know. Jordan Archer came here expecting to be number one because they expected Ford to go. Yeah. Mm. So that was a slightly different situation. There. But he's got a lot of form, which was, you know, every time he touched the ball, he was causing problems. Yeah. And that you wouldn't have predicted. In that. No, but then, they, like I say, he was, Jordan Archer was signed because we need, we thought we, we, we were looking ahead, keep ahead yeah. because Ford was going to go. But the, I mean, the difference is, you're now talking about 19 and 20 year olds who are the first names on yeah, the team shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas even under Kenny, I, I had a lot of time with Kenny Jack, I think he'd done really well here, I'm not going to slag the geezer off other than the youth team bit. But you wouldn't have had 19, 20 year olds anywhere near the first team under no, Kenny. No, you'd have gone no. and got, you know, fucking Paul Paul furlongs and players yeah. like that, wouldn't you? You'd have gone Paul, and but you look at Oliver, you've got to say, towards the end. I mean, it was an end of stream. It was just sent the forward. I can't fucking. Gary Taylor, Fletcher. I mean, fucking that one he missed at Brentford away. Right, O'Brien got that fucking crossover. Can't remember who scored it. Someone put, and we were like, Taylor, Fletcher. Yeah, why didn't? No, no, no. I think O'Brien got this crossover to Greg. I can't remember. And we were like two 0 up. We went two all. And Fletcher got this shot and he peeled it away. And I thought, fucking hell, that's a nine iron. That is. (laughs) It was fucking shit. He was. And he, oh. Fat as fuck. Well, I, I can't believe what I could was. believe was his double barreled name. Yeah. Comfortably. Squash, like it, don't like it, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. But that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You, we've, we've like, that seems like years ago now, doesn't it? Oh, it's a different atmosphere. I'm mean, just looking at the, the, the players here. Contract extensions. Byron and Joe Martin have both yeah. um, employed extension clauses in their contract. And I can't think of how I've ever heard of that on Mill before, where players have asked to have their contracts extended. It just didn't arise as a, as, as a thing. Williams was the same, wasn't it? Did he? Yeah, I, I, Williams I, I, was the same, I think, if I remember rightly. He... he, he 
it's something about he played enough games that he could trigger it. Okay. So. And we've also got, uh, I don't know, Christian Mabulu, um, a defender apparently. Um, well, this one is the deal. kid that apparently Chelsea were. Okay. It's one of those, isn't it? Is he going to be the next Chris Smalling, or is he, is he going to be one of those who's got a good agent who gets his name linked? And therefore, you know, I mean, and, and could you know, could he be the replacement for for um, Beavers? Who knows? Big season in prospect. Um, ben Toms, we've mentioned Marlon, Jordan Archer, we've we've touched on. Great goalkeeper. I'm glad that we've kept him. I mean, I, I know there's there's always so going to be interest. Well, he's, so he's had a couple of shaky games. I mean, Wembley weren't. He weren't at his best, was he? He didn't have a defence in front of him, no doubt. Well, yeah, but the, if you look... I mean, third goal, he was all Third goal, he was all that shot. But as a... No, I'm not knocking him, I'm no. just saying, I think he's, he probably took a little bit off his... Yeah, but look, at, look back with the season and look at the amount of times he's he kept us in games. He's worth 12 points. He kept us in games. That one save from the yeah. past back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the headed... Yeah. The headed yeah. um, look at him now. Jimmy, you've never seen anything like that before. No, he's a quality guy. Really and the, I was worried he was going to go. And we are doing well to keep him, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we have got to put bigger up. All, all joking aside, I know we get on the money all the time, but the, the savings of 26 first teamers going out, he has got to put a sensible fucking extension offer on the table for players like fucking Archer. Mm-hmm. You've got to get him on a three year contract. Yeah. As a goalie, I'd say five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, why not? The, 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 the problem yeah. is you, you have to offer them the money. They've got a year left on a contract and they think they're good enough to go and sign a 20 grand a week contract at Sunderland. Why would they sign your extension on eight grand a week for four years? But the key is they can still go to Sunderland. It's just Sunderland left to open. Yeah, the well, that's no, 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 I understand it. I'm it's, just saying the, agent, the agents come. I'll give you an example. Say Jordan's on four grand a week, offer him seven, yeah. offer him eight, double his money. Because he's, he's a key position. Absolutely. He's not been at his peak until he's 26, 27 as a goalkeeper. He's got a lot to learn. He's already in England, uh, uh, Scottish under 21 international. Fuck me, I could get him a Scotland goalkeeper's jersey on uh, occasions. So, he, <laughs> you know. I've done mate. Well, I just blocked the goal out. I mean, he's no, fitting in the jersey, mate. He's potentially <laughs> going to be an international player. He's already turning heads in, in other clubs. If you're going to get him on a contract, get him on a contract yeah, now. No, Don't no, wait no. till there's six months left on it and he's made a name yeah, and no. agents are tapping him up and that. Get it on it now. Achtung, Millwall. Let's move on to the big issues for the season. Stripey shirts. Do we mm. like stripey Millwall shirts? I, when I first Chats? saw it, I gave it a thumbs up. And I'll tell you for why. Mm. Because it took me right back to my childhood. So the 1994. You know? And it's not even John Chidozzi, isn't it? So is it resounding now? No. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I do like it. My, I, actually, I like my boy, um, my boy bought one last week, and mm. he uh, he's working nights, and I see him the other morning, and he uh, he said, "Oh, went into the club shop the other day and bought it. I've got one. Uh, I've got one coming for my birthday in a couple of weeks. Apparently. Stripes look very flat. Just, just, just a large stripes are slimming. That's that. that yeah. Yeah. Quite a few. Have you got a Fuck off, Del. The away kit. 
Well, is it, it hasn't been delivered yet? You're not that, that story. That is absolute cunt's work. You're welcome. Oh, is it that yellow? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was done online. They say birds designed it. Yellow and pale yellow. Yeah. Cunt's work. So it's like a beige peach. Beige It's Peach and beige. They are fucking awful. It was supposed to be here to play the friendly down here at Bromley last week. Didn't arrive, so Bromley wore their away kit. The <laughs> Millwall right. stayed in their own kit. Right. Where, where it, is so it? So it don't, it don't bode very well. Slow boat where the China. fucking hell is it then, if we haven't got it? We're making it. Well, we're, we're still making it. it. <laughs> There's still the fucking <laughs> battery <laughs> rolling about on the floor laughing at it. In China. <laughs> that reminds me of a couple of years ago. The Pantone was still being developed for these shades of beige. Do you remember the uh, Sheffield Wednesday game when the old kit man forgot? Forgot the kit. I remember getting a t- text from John in the morning. He went, "You ain't gonna believe this." They forgot the kit. They forgot the fucking kit. It was mortified. Yeah. It? I mean, the, the stripes uh, to me, uh, it's a bigger point than whether they're striped or solid blocks or whatever you like. But a lot of criticism online. I was reading on House of Fun, slagging off a club shop for having a load of shit in there. Basically, well, it's never been any different at the Den. But it's a club shop thing. I, 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 I just. <laughs> When you see what other teams do, we, we just seem to... Who, buy, who buys anything from a club shop? Well, I haven't. No, I'm not. Well, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to marry Seriously, there's a bloke who sits in front of me uh, in um, the Lower East. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure every game... I'll, you know, I'll chat to him like you do. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they go, look... He's shown me his carrier bag. He's been, he's been in there every game. Oh, he's my age, for fuck's sake. He yeah. can't stop buying stuff in there. But the thing is, he says he's got like loads of shorts and that under his, you know, he spots around the house in the middle. He's got a I'll put a thing on the pajamas and things. Last like. season, I put a thing on off about. Um, it, it was a bit on there about the club shop and, you know, the whole fucking piece about going to the club, you know, getting food and a beer. And. I've never eaten at the dinner. No, no, no. My point is, <laughs> so what, no, my point is, so what do you want to buy from a club shop? That's the reality, isn't it? Yeah. No one's ever actually done a fucking like questionnaire, you know, before the game. Don't do it after the game. I bought a scarf a couple of years ago. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But there's, there's not enough. I don't think there's enough engagement of the club <clears throat> with fans on match days. But we, like, I kicked off a while ago. Sorry, please. No, go on. I kicked off a while ago about the whole um, uh, family enclosure. And I know a lot of people are sitting there, and it sort of went up the upper tier. Yeah, but to me, the whole thing about as a kid going to the game is that touchline experience, yeah, 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 uh, touching a player, getting it. You yeah, know, you see the kids' faces; yeah. they're all fucking stuck up there now. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think That's there's not enough engagement with the fans by the club. The good because thing for me is that the club they're they're getting better at this. They're recognising what's important to the fans. So by by even saying let's hop back to the unbeaten run of 59 games. They're at least recognising landmarks. They heritage, Doctor's Day. You know, they are trying to forge links and and recognise particular landmarks and whatever in the club's history. That, that could only be a good. But thing. it's a good point, Pete. But generally, you speak to most people; they don't go in a club shop. No, but think also, shit. so the point is, it should be right. What do you want to buy for said? But, but this is true. You go back to the whole day. I mean, people stroll in, they get the train, they drive up, whatever. Mm. They go in. 20 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes before the game, and, and they're home straight away. Yeah. Right? That's not what Berylson imagined it was going to be like. But the fact is, there's fuck all to entice you in there earlier. You know, the outside bar, they've had a go at that and bits and pieces. What, but, what is there to entice you to the club? It's worse than that, Derek. When you looked at, uh, I, I was guilty, I didn't go to Bradford, I watched mm. it on the telly. 
they went around three sides of the ground. Every fucker had a flag, a scarf, a hat. It panned on the Millwall fans. It's everywhere in black, blue. I don't think there was a replica shirt on the among the 2,500 fans there. It is true. I mean, the bullshit. I know the fella at Macron, and he was saying to me that he said the problem with Millwall always is going to be they don't sell enough units to get. What a lot of fans want, all jokes aside, you see it on House of Fun all the time, is. You, and this was one of the marketing ideas I put forward ages ago. Is, is, is what people want is a decent polo shirt. Yeah. The one Barry's wearing, uh, decent. <laughs> <laughs> it's got. A, it's not Millwall no, fucking no, eight no, foot no, letters. No, yeah. It's, it's just a free Perry style. And what yeah, you want sure, is, yeah. did you get that from a club shop? No, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bet you had to fucking. I had to go and find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's people. People want understated fucking clothing. We've just like yeah. a little, little bit of logo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're not fucking scarfy fans. We're not no. fucking happy clappies and want them no. inflatable clappers. What we want is a decent bit of clobber that's going to last more than three washes. Yeah. I saw my son had a kit. He had a name put on the back of it. Went in the fucking washing machine on spot. Fell off once. Yeah. It went into fucking bits. It tattered. And I'm thinking, well, why am I going to go and spend no, 45 quid on yeah, shit like that? Yeah. A club on that basis, I mean, they're trying to deal with the away, the away ticket issue. I mean, there's a few games, a couple of games last season where people struggled to get away tickets. Gillingham, I suppose, was the, the classic Comes example. The um, <laughs> and the club this season have, have concocted a, a loyalty scheme, which um, you get 10 points every time you buy a ticket home and away. And the more points you get, the more... Um, priority, I guess, for, for away tickets, subject to um, availability, because a, a lot of the problems arise when you've got small grounds with limited um, but it's still a thousand tickets, I think. Yeah. It's lip service, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, when we go Gillian away, it'll still be season ticket holders. Season tickets have retained their Because you get your 230 points. And away season No, the way I read it was season ticket holders will get 230 points for the 23 home games. Yeah, so they get... So, so as a home sentient holder, I will get 230 points yeah. on my credit straight away. Yeah. What the, the way I've interpreted it is someone who goes to 12 home games and 13 away games yeah. will have more points right. than me. Okay. okay. Is that how it works? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck no. No. It's, it's, a, it's a great show to listen into. But, but, but that's what I mean. No, it, it, for me, we don't benefit at all other than support. We don't benefit from away tickets at all. I don't think it's all no. like fucking blowing up a section of fans' arseholes, really. And it's for two, it's for two <laughs> fucking games. Yeah, it's yeah it's exactly. It's probably That's the MSC's crowning glory, isn't it? You know, someone at the MSC has sat for hours, they've had 77 meetings to decide on this. Little cold smell fans in the hole. And Alan Williams just turned and said, yeah, okay, give that to him. We came up with a solution, Bongo had an hour on the you come up with a solution yourself. You buy tickets where you fucking want if you're yeah. playing Gillingham or Chowan. Yeah, yeah. 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 because it's very hard to sell fans from yeah. home fans in that yeah. situation. I think a bit like you said it, Nick, I think that especially the league we're in, it, last year it was a very northern league, a bit different this yeah. year, but yeah, it's yeah, northern. quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but I think still the problem is some of the grant, you know, your Burtons, your Fleetwoods, you know. They're not going to give us a lot of tickets, you know. But I, there's the demand to go to Fleetwood. It's a midweek yeah, game. Just, they're, they're I, I think that's the bigger thing. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a tasty-looking fixture. The Oxford away was. What well, you, you put a bit well, on there about? Early, you put a bit on there about grounds going to and not going. Mm. I'm not fucking going to Oxford again. Um, for 55 minutes getting out of that fucking car park mm. fucking no way and the, old, the old bill were well up at the time mate, I, I, I drove around there a lot fucking uh, fucking shot me again I'm not going there again fuck that I've got and you've got games at AFC Wimbledon which is a smallish non-league yeah. type ground 
they're trying to do with the law. I think it's a, it's a they, good idea. Yeah. It is a good idea, yeah, but I just think probably a, we pitched it at the wrong league, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's That's just on that point, I would I would give serious fucking thought about going to Wembley again. I fucking hated our Wembley days. Well, it's one of the things I was going to. We haven't touched on the trouble at Wembley, so this this this. Fucking day out. Um, it ain't a bit of Millwall, is it? No, no fucking ain't. Exactly what you've ever in that place. When, when there's no there's anyone in here who ain't got 230 points. Absolute yeah. fucking turds on the train. <clears throat> They've never been Millwall and their fucking lives in there. Oh, but that's, that's I mean, the Wembley day out. I mean, I've, I've been struck by it. Each time we've been up there, at that very point, but most of them I've never seen before. You see some familiar faces. You get a load of hangers on off their fucking heads on whatever they're on. There was some. And it ain't a very enjoyable thing, is it? Honestly, there was some fucking string who was pissed up trying to have a piss on the underground train. He was swearing at everyone, abusing everyone. I've never come so close to fucking clocking a Millwall fan in my life. It was only the fact that we had kids with us that I wound my fucking neck in. I've never wanted to do it at a Millwall fan before. No. I could have cheerily fucking strangled this geezer. He was trying to act like Charlie fucking Big Potatoes, showing up in front of his wife, who was so fucking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. If you had a dog with a face like we'd shave his arse and walk it backwards, you know what I mean? And, and he was, I need a piss. And because it was a non-stopping train, He's trying to have a piss in the corner where all the electrics for the door are, and I'm thinking, if you change this train, you cunt, I'm going to fucking go through you for a shortcut, I'm going to smash you to bits. And it was just full of fucking strings all day. I come out of Wembley, there's fucking idiots with vuvuzelas and all that. I'm like, drop me right out. I'd rather have 1,500 mil water and away game. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it. I, yeah. I wouldn't go, I don't yeah. think. I wouldn't go again. I'm not bothered about Wendy, don't you? No, you know, no Wendy I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Pete, and it was just, I mean... Fuck Wendy. I will, I will go. I but the really is, you go. That's it, you will go. Fucking hell, it's not like, it's just not like watching Millwall. No, it's, it's not. It's not like going to a Millwall game at no. all. We were behind the goal, it's not seats, I mean, up on the second level, so you seem to like an armchair chair almost, a bit yeah. cushion, and... But I, I thought this ain't like a Millwall. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not intense. It's There's no intensity to the day. I know it sounds. Uh, it's just the the, the the people that don't usually go. I don't mind them going really. I mean, it's it's part but, of the big day, isn't it? For fuck's sake, just sit down they, and they should and have a shut up. Yeah, and but watch the game. Actually, sit down is a good point because we had problems there because we were everyone mm. in front was standing, so we're standing everyone about seven up, rows back. Yeah. We're trying to stand up, and there's some fellas behind trying to get us to sit down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, fair enough, they were old boys. I mean, you, yeah. you had to sit down for them, yeah, if you get yeah. what I mean, but yeah. you then couldn't see. No. And, the, no. and this, you know, the, I, there was, a, there was a, a family in front of me with, um, I mean, I, I was with my lot as well, my grandson was yeah. there, and he's only small, like mm. 10 years yeah. old, so he was actually standing on the seat because the people in front were standing up. Yeah. And the reason they were standing up is because their little daughter couldn't see, so they were standing up, and he was having mm. to hold his girl, mm. so she, because she, you know, she, otherwise, oh, daddy, I can't see, no mm. people yeah. yeah. You, know, mm. you think fucking hell I mean this guy's on the train he was pissed he, he was unbelievably pissed at fucking oh, up past nine yeah. in the morning mm. unless you've been out on a three day bender you couldn't be that pissed at that time in the morning if you tried so he was either acting and, and being a fucking idiot or he was a complete fucking string and you look at him and, and he was drinking cans of like little fucking lager at 49 PFO <laughs> and all that on the train <laughs> and I'm thinking why <laughs> you're trying to live up to something you ain't yeah we used to go on the away track. Everyone played it down on the away games, didn't they, Don? Yeah. It was like, keep your head down, don't show out your exactly. Millwall. Just yeah. Keep. Yeah. Whereas this guy was like, I am Mr Millwall, I've got to show everyone how fucking tough I am. No, mate, 
In a minute, I'm going to show you exactly yeah, how you won. You know well, what I mean? I'm going to fucking eat that. We've all that. seen that kind of person on yeah. these days. Like, you always do. I mean, it's... I mean, everyone listening to the show will know exactly what you talked about it, Peter, because it's... it's part I don't enjoy the day. If no, that's you who's listening, you're the fucking... You. <laughs> and your wife, I wouldn't touch a stolen <laughs> cock. What we call the world's fugly. She fell out the ugly tree every fucking branch on the way down, hit a trampoline at the bottom and went all the way fucking He will me. know who he is, won't he? He will know who he is. He's listening. He probably thinks his wife is gorgeous and he can't remember being yeah. pissed. So. I'll have the cut off this. Yeah. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if it was that string that kicked it off in the top tier there. I, I mean, I, I don't I know, know what, what I, we I made was, of that. I wasn't, I was um, not, probably not far from I was just out. below it. So, so yeah. I could, uh, we knew something was going on up yeah. there because, you know, everybody out there yeah. So we looked, oh, fuck me, is it kicking off up there? Yeah. So we, did, we didn't really know. It was only when we see it on the TV afterwards. But someone said that for the first half, there wasn't any Barnsley fans up there. They came well, up I, there I, the second it's half. It's one of those things, I, I, mean, but, I was conscious of the big empty top tier. But the yeah. point is, yeah, they, they must have come up there for a reason, and not the reason that probably most people think for a row. The reason is they knew they were fucking winning, and that was right above where the team was going to be with a trophy. So they've probably all gone up there yeah. to get a good uh, view. Right. Was, the, that's my theory, anyway. I don't think they went up with a force any trouble. What was, I mean, there was a big empty team. But, of course, as soon as they're up there, yeah. they're going to start giving Separate it fucking on by the, um, You can't help it, can you? The, the mesh that's good yeah. enough for Arsenal and Spurs. They're, they're used to... Unfortunately, not the That's where it all goes wrong with them. God love them out of support. They they don't get banter, do they? I the thing is, when th- there was a YouTube video which someone posted on Facebook, which was really, really telling because it, it, it ran on for about 12 minutes. And, and I think the Millwall fans who was up there close to that netting were remarkably restrained for about yes, five minutes. That's, right. yeah, and that's then remarkably restrained yeah. for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be our new the northern noddies that was up there were well up for it at first, yeah, they were, yeah. and they were throwing things yeah, or whatever. Same, yeah. And then suddenly it came on top Good a little bit, bands, and, it, and you could see the northerners <laughs> were like Yorkshire, Yorkshire, <laughs> Yorkshire, <laughs> right through here. Shortly followed by the hundred metre fucking hurdles when they was yeah. jumping over the chairs. Because the thing is, you know, our lot of fuckers, they don't, it don't take a lot of invitation, does it? No. And, it, it, and they know. don't stop. I, I noticed when it went off, they one don't. or two of them got clogged and fucking stopped. But there were more filling the gaps okay. coming behind them, weren't there? We were seeing them running round from right the other yeah, side. Yeah, it was half the stadium. It was behind it. Someone posted it, I think, on half at one point. They said, um, they said, what would you do if you were in a pub and someone just kept giving you grief and you asked them to shut up and they just kept on and on and on? What would you do? And actually, that was the football equivalent, wasn't it? They, they, you know, it's a, it's a typical, you know, what people will say is banter, actually. To me, the old-fashioned, take the piss. But, but to me, it happened. But again, you it start, yeah, but it's, it, really. again, it's depressing there. Grab on yeah. it. Look at the whole, like, you know, the thing with West Ham, with the Man United coach and all that. It, that what happened at Wembley is not in comparison no, to what they've done with that fucking coach. No. But like it's Mill, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, get it in the press, get it out of there. Didn't it kick off at the cup final between Palace and Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it did, Let's yeah. talk about Man the poor like, I mean I think it's, as we show going out to the world, I want to mention the poor organisation that allowed these fans to get in 
directly next to Mill fans. I mean, this, this is a, a national FA. I think I've said it before. I, I know someone who was involved in the early days of the Wembley planning, and, and he says basically Wembley's model works on having fuck all police in there because mm. of the money. Yeah, because it's it's on this big payback debt. Yeah, so they have the the seven quid an hour minimum wage stewards who. Some of them get a bit shirty and yeah. get involved, and others. Others don't want to know, do they? Why would you? Well, clear on Why would you? I mean, and, and and you know that's how Wembley operates. I need a good trade yeah, union. The, the, get their, their wages. <laughs> I mean, you look at the. They bust them all in from like to Coventry and and, and Birmingham places like that. I oh, know you can't. You fucking lefty cunt. Um, this was the and I brought me McGear in a, in a unite in a union bag. He's a man to, bag. Just to, to, <laughs> to aggravate sandals. Aggravate Derek. Um, <laughs> but no, they, but they do. They bust them all in from like to Coventry, yeah, right? No, so they come down to get their fifty quid for the day or wherever it is they're getting. And, and and some of them will get themselves involved. I mean, I, I was watching one, and it was a good natured one. But fella, come down. Fella in front of me bought a beer in. And Stuart comes down and tries, and it was a nice bit of fun. It's something that we all, you know, and, and the Stuart comes up trying to get a beer off him, and Blake's going, Yeah, I'll have another lager, please, mate. It was a typical human. So that yeah. could have easily yeah. turned ugly. And I'm thinking, Why the fuck are you bothering about getting a beer off someone when it's all kicking off? Fuck. Well, you've got a point there, the beer in there was shit. Oh, fuck, was it? Fucking fan zone. <laughs> Honestly, the burger stall, right, and we, we got there about half past 12. And a bloke come down the queue and said, anyone after this bloke here ain't going to get one because we've run out, right? You're a burger stall. The only thing you've got to remember to pack is the burgers. I'm fucking fucked. Especially if Pete's coming. Now, I hadn't even been to the counter at that point, but by half 12 they've run out. And then I turn around and there's these two absolute fucking cunt boats with a Real Madrid flag and there's people queuing to have their photo taken with them and this fucking idiot goes to me, do you want your photo done with us? And I went, no mate, why would I? I don't give a fuck whether you've got the biggest Real Madrid flag in the world. What the fuck are you doing at Millwall versus Barnsley? I've run out of fucking burgers, I'm not fucking happy. I'll tell you, it just shows you the, the, the two different types though, because when, when we was, we was walking up. Well, you had your phone to take away. We looked at this fucking noise, like you know. We also we could see the Barnsley fans zone. It was fucking. Oh yeah, they, they, they were doing it. all singing yeah. and dancing and all that. And then we looked at the There's about fifty people, and they're still running out of burgers. Still running out of burgers. Fucking fifty people. I thought we'd have forty-five k in there. Oh, everyone else. Oh, fuck that. The Wembley was doing some training packs and lagers. They got looted. They got looted. Yeah, got looted. I mean, <laughs> it's just another, for me, it's another nail in the coffin of football, you know, that you've got to have a fucking fan zone and you've got to have Real Madrid fans turning up. And, <laughs> what, what? Fuck off. Did you get your half and half scarf? Oh, I see some fucker in the stadium with an, I couldn't believe it. But don't that just tell you as well, I, I'm personally, I'm, I'm a Mill supporter, not a Mill fan. That yeah. whole fucking fan, fan zone, fan all zone that premier shit, foe man bollocks. I just really struggle. And Wembley TV are outside and they're going to me and my mates, do you want to do an interview? Yeah, no, mate, it's the last thing in the fucking world I want to do. And you won't be able to broadcast any of the So you might as well fuck off. I, I was struck watching the 100 metre sprint that we mentioned earlier on, how with a bit of old school organisation you'd do a pincer moves. You'd go like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, This is where the younger generation have got huge amounts of moves. Back in the day, there would have been a camera attack around the ring. Suddenly all the bars are doing the 
don't know if you remember this, the old player lane ground, we chased Wimbledon. And one policeman stepped out and went, all right, lads, you've had your fun, leave them alone now. Because nobody could hit them, because we couldn't catch them. We just chased them all the way around. Yeah, it was a fucking grand track. <laughs> I see that happened at Brentford one year as well. We yeah, please leave me alone. You've had your fun. <laughs> We've been here once. <laughs> <laughs> Back to me seat. We'd all got to be good at that. We've always running now, wouldn't we? <laughs> We've mentioned the death of modern football, and that includes the Real Madrid burger seller and the half and half scarf and the. Oh, one that. last thing on that. Like, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, went I can't me. move it along here. Fucking his his youngest boy, little Charlie. Uh, he said he, he had this thing. He wanted to get. He said, "I've got to get him a phone." He wants one of them phone finger things. He said, "Fuck off! Don't be a cunt." <laughs> <laughs> he wants one. He said, "I've got to kick the boy out of me." So he goes. He goes. He sends what does it? He sends it over to the counter to get this fucking. Trophy chaps, and also oh. um, now that for the benefit of any listeners that don't know, this is what the was F- once F- upon a time F- called F- the Johnston's the Auto Windscreens and the Auto Windscreen Shield, F- the F- Lowland F- Daft F- Trophy. Just think, we could have been in fucking Wembley twice last season if David's fall down. We, we might be in the Olympic Stadium if we draw West Ham's under 21s, which I don't think would be a draw that would. Any younger listeners, there's no Father Christmas, uh, <laughs> Noddy's not real, and, and unfortunately, Mill don't draw West Ham in EFL trophy games, sadly. Oh, um, this is where <laughs> Johnston's, Johnston's <laughs> trophy, I'm trying to have a sensible conversation, um, has been restructured into a group based thing as a means of re energising the competition, so called. I think it's the biggest load of shit is, is it, I've is ever it heard of. More about trying to squeeze more money out of people. There's more money yeah, in it. I, I think money. it's about trying to squeeze your way towards allowing under-21 sides and academy sides and B-sides, like whatever you want to call them, well, the big the... teams to have a, a, a team lower down. Because they all had their fucking clubs in Belgium and Holland and all stuff like that. You know, Chelsea essentially run a, a Belgium Premier League club to put all their kids out on loan. So. I'll be honest, I can see the benefits that it will assist the national team if the youngsters are playing competitive football. Yeah. Because that's the thing that's missing from the Premier League, the, the, the youth academies. English really players play. getting games. English players getting games at 17, 18, 19. So for that reason alone, I think it's a good thing. Um, but I don't I mean, would anybody just go and watch a game in this EFL trophy? There are moves to um, the problem boycott it amongst we, those. We that, may not, but there's enough people <coughs> who suddenly we did... I mean, West Ham away. It Forget that, because it's a bit different. But so we draw at Arsenal. We could play. We could say, I've watched Millwall play at the Emirates. That's exactly it, Derek. And it attracts a lot of people. A lot of Millwall fans want to tip those fucking grounds off, don't they? And it'll be the people who are at Wembley rather than people like. 
you know, he, he, yeah. he'll be a stringer of his little lager. Mm, yeah. You know, he'll, yeah. He'll, and his ugly wife. Yeah. And his ugly wife. You turn up. Bring up your listening. So that's a no for that then. I mean, it does link in with this idea of B-sides, and we, we've, we've talked to... I mean, did anyone really, do you really get much enjoyment out of that competition anyway? I mean, like, no. I know we... I, I, know, know, I, I watched the, got, um, the know, live game, what was it, the Oxford game? If there was a place in Europe that stayed on it, then that happy days, you know. You can't remember that all at the end of it is another trip to fucking Wembley. You remember when we reached the final in '99, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, fuck me, that was that was an event. Yeah. It was an event. Fucking yeah. hell! I mean, yeah. you know, that was all new then. The playoffs had only really just started yeah. a few years before. I think I don't know, whatever it was. You know, we 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 flirted with the playoffs a couple of times and gone fuck. And suddenly we're at Wembley. Yeah. Fucking hell! Let's proper yeah. Wembley as well. Proper Wembley. Um, you know, the first playoff game, Scum, Scum, yeah, Scumthorpe, yeah. proper Wembley trip, it was a good, a shit result, but a great day out. Swindon, you know, it, it, it's, it's got a bit blase about it. I mean, my kids think going to Wembley is like something to do every couple of years. Not going to Charlton. You know, it's, it's, it's you know. They're talking about putting B sides in the, uh, well, there's a, there's a desire to put B sides in the Football League. Um, I mean, it, it, for me, I mean, on a serious point, I think that is the death of football as we would know it. Because I mean, the, the beauty and the strength of English football has always been that it's a competitive league all the way down to here, probably. I mean, everyone wants to win the games yeah. in front of them. And I think as soon as you're playing West Ham, well, West Ham B, um, anyone B, it just you, puts lost it. It, it just it, puts it, more power, more money back in the fucking Premiership pocket. Yeah. Instead of it, you know, all joking aside, look at players like Vardy. You know. Four years ago, he was playing non-league fucking football. He was the highest scorer in the Premier League. There are those rough diamonds out there. They're not going to. They're not coming through regularly enough now. They're going to come through even less if the fancy damn Premier League boys are getting even more fucking lining of their pockets done and getting more exposure. The the teams like fucking Crew and Halifax who. You know, they're just going to disappear, aren't they? I, I do wonder if this is sort of, because there's some changes afoot in there with the loan system and whatever, that you can't loan so many players out or you can only do it in windows and things. I mean, because actually the way the Premier League, these teams do it at the moment, is Chelsea will have 25 players out or players out. Very it's it's a stupid team. And, and they'll, they'll make yeah. enough money from loaning out those players and fees to buy Cesc Fabregas. That's exactly what Chelsea <clears> did a couple <throat> of years ago. And, 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 you know, that's what they're doing at the moment. This is a replacement. The Chelsea under twenty ones will go and, and, and play in League One and, and But my neighbour's a Watford yeah. fan. He said if you look at Watford's youth team, they're all fucking Udinese players mm, and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them's been out on loan for three seasons, ain't been near a Watford shirt. So is that you know, what, no. what value is that fucking adding? Do you know what I mean? But I, that's, I that's, that's another because actually that's the way that's the way around this is you get these people who now own clubs all over the place. Mm. And loan them out. So Charlton is another one, and Watford's one, where they have five European clubs, and they'll whiz their players around between them. But go back ten this years. This is the alternative, almost. Go back ten years. When would Watford have turned down fucking sixty million oh, no, pounds for two players? They, they, you know, ten years ago they was playing us. Yeah. So was Leicester, mm-hmm. and that's how football's changed. On a yeah. fucking flip of a coin, and you look at it and you think, why can't that be Millwall? Well, look at Palace. I don't want it to be. I mean, fuck me. Next season, Palace going to have Townsend on one wing and punch in on the other. Forty-eight million pounds for two players. We allegedly could have had for about a million quid mm. between them. I mean. I genuinely wouldn't be happy if Millward signed Troy Deeney three years ago. I genuinely, yeah. I didn't rate him. The fact they're turning down 26 million quid for him is fucking madness. 
just looking at this story on the news at Den, I mean, it links in with everything we've been saying about the, the um, Football League trophy. Um, plans being put forward by the EFL, as it's now called, what a shitty name that is, um, to convert the Football League to a new five-league, 20-team structure from 2020. So that's that's actually including, presumably, the conference level, wouldn't yeah, it? I mean, within the Football I League. I think initially when this was presented... It's, it's, it's a bit like the CFL trophy. What was initially presented to the <coughs> league clubs and the conference clubs is very different from what's now emerging in the yeah. EFL trophy. That's, that's, I think, what's happening. And... But the initial was well, go to an hundred team football league in essence. That included also some space then for beating. Ambitious conference side will think, well, that's great because it yeah. gives us a chance of pushing on and upwards, whatever. <laughs> they think it's great. But suddenly, what they haven't tweaked and they're starting to tweak is, well, actually, no, this is actually opening the way to, to a, what we've seen in the trophy is that you might find essentially West Ham's B team or, or Man United's B team or under 21s or whatever. Playing the football league, so it's not going to be the likes of, uh, of Bromley and Welling, Welling and yeah, teams like that who are, who are coming up. It's going to be those gaps filled by. So actually, that pushes them even further down the pecking order because the likes of Bromley, instead of playing Division Five, mm. will be in Division Six. So I think it's there's been a real bit of sub, subterfuge about how this is all being presented. Just as there is with this trophy, they've gone out and presented this trophy. Then half the fucking Premier League academies are saying, well, we're not in it. No. Who, who said we're in it? We're not in it. Was, so, this, was this, we know, was this all sort of voted on by the Football League clubs? They yeah, they, they, I mean, this, this is Ambler. Ambler's playing a dangerous game, isn't he? Because he's, well, he has he's a big wig in the FA. Um, he's a big wig in the Football League. Yeah. But he's still our chief executive, so he's sitting with his fucking splinters on his arse on all this. So it? the story yeah. says that the EFL is a rebranded re Football League has put forward a plan to extend the Football League system to this 100-team, five-league set-up. Um, the benefit, which I think is the sweetener, is that there's going to be less midweek games, more Saturday afternoon football. Um, and that's, that's the... That's yeah, the but what happens when, it's it's like, when Sky get hold of it? Because when Sky get hold of it, they'll tell you that you're kicking off on a Friday... You know, Sky got hold of the... Uh, sorry, BT Sport, not the conference. Mm. So it's a Friday night game, yeah. a Saturday lunchtime game. Sunday evening game as You well, know, it, it, this is what I mean. They get hold so of they it. They feel the dead So, so the fuck all this that they're telling us. It's but um, is that right? They heard Friday night football this year, is that right? Apparently. Uh, I was yeah, just going to say that. It's only going to be... I mean, we all know, unfortunately, people in our lives that support premiership teams... And, um, you know, they all moan about it, don't they? Not fucking the Monday night football, yeah. Yeah. fucking Saturday at one o'clock. I love my three o'clock on a Saturday going to watch Millwall. Um, you know where I you are, any other way to be But also, the thing is, and this is critical, is there's potentially in a 20-team league, that's 19 home games instead of 23. Yeah. That's four gate receipts that the clubs yeah. are going to have less coming in the yeah. year. Yeah. Now, teams like Rochdale, whose average home crowd's fucking 2,500, <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's a big fucking I think, I think problem, their argument know. would be that if you're not playing on a Tuesday night, actually a lot of clubs lose the money on a Tuesday night because when you've got 4,000 people in for us to watch Fleetwood, yeah. it's probably costing you. But yeah, what, but you've what, still got 19 games instead of 23, in. No, 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 what you mean, but, then, you but then the season ticket prices won't go down, will they? Of course they won't. What's fading so, from the game, though? I, I, I mean, as Barry says, we all know people through work and we follow, they don't support, follow the likes of the Chelsea's, the Manchester United's, Liverpool's, whoever you like. But it's, it, it, there, isn't, there is not this Millwall sense, and I don't just mean just us, I think other clubs too. There's a, there's a really work, but there's like a community idea that you go there and you, you are part of something, mm. that you physically go there 
and mm. watch the football. It's also about the people that you meet there yeah. regularly every fortnight or away or weekly, whatever it might be. Um, and it's what we've all been brought up with because we've all followed the game in the past and it was the norm. But what you find with a lot of people is they don't have any conception of what that means. They might go to Arsenal once in a blue moon. They've got, oh, yeah, I've got some tickets for a... Yeah, I'm a red num member. I've got to say Champions League minor round. And that's their conception of what following Arsenal's about. I don't knock them as people, but it's not what I call supporting a football club. It's different. Yeah, I mean, you've got the likes of Chelsea. They'll struggle to fill Stamford Bridge for a Champions League group section game. And the people who come in... Actually, the people who don't normally go on Saturdays because they're the ones who suddenly want the tickets because they're only chance to go and watch the fucking team play. So it's not the game. The game is yeah. is changing in a way. I mean, it's, it's all, you've also got the likes of clubs, smaller clubs like where we are now, Bromley, and other non-league clubs, Millwall, smaller clubs where you have got this residual hotbed of support, but. At the top level, they don't give a shit about that. That's not. It's about TV deals. It's about. Alan Sugar said years ago when the Premier League first started, he said gate receipts will become <coughs> incidentals. To yeah, it's it's not real. Yeah. He, he said they will be at a function <coughs> without taking any money and on the terms. Where, and actually, that's where we're. Actually, he's right. Apart from the very, very top teams, because the likes of Man United can still take in sixty thousand people every week. £1,000 season tickets, 50,000 yeah. 50, of those are probably season tickets, holders paying £1,000 each. Corporates who are paying fuck knows for a box, mm. you know, and, and, a, and a ticket even for one of your B League, you know, your, your red net, it's, it's still going to cost oh, you 60 quid. So for those top teams, it's, it's, it's still income, a big, But the point I'm making, a team who finished bottom of the Premier League oh, yes, will get 90 million yeah, quid. Yeah. Yeah. Our turnover so, is 6 million. I'm just about to raise that, you look at Villa. You know, they've gone down and they've probably got 80, 90 million pounds without yeah. selling a season ticket. Yeah. yeah. All right, they've got a big ground and this, that, and the other, but well, look you know, at they don't bounce back. Uh, up, uh, uh, look at Newcastle, 26,000 yeah, yeah, season yeah. yeah. up in I was up in Leicester the other week. For, I feel, for, for I feel for you, mate. Yeah. I feel for you. Uh, <laughs> Gloria, they said, I'm buying you a station. station. There's a row of cabs there. So I get the first cab in the rank if you do. You know, I said, I need to go to. Told you the game's dead. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, funny enough. So I said to him, like, you know, I'll go to this, this address here. I mean, oh, yeah, I'll take you, no problem. You know, uh, yeah. so I get some the cab. Indian guy, he was like, but he spoke. Really? Like, well, he left stuff up. I'm Absolute shock. But there you go. So we're, off he goes, and, uh, uh, and he's straight away, the old conversation starts, and the head goes back. Who gives a You're up from, you're up, you're up from uh, London for the. Business or you know, I said yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a pleasure. I've been on And we just sort of just general chit chat and all that. And as I'm going along, I can see all these lamp posts, and they've got each one has got a, like a poster flag type yeah. with the Let's best see. player on it. Yeah, yeah all the way. I, mean, I, I just said to him like, you know, I said, uh, oh, don't, not sort of promoting yourself much up here. Right? <laughs> he said, I tell you what, he said. Uh, Best thing that's ever happened to this city was, yeah. was winning that. He said that the, the council. That's harsh on Gary Lineker. Yeah, <laughs> he said they cannot believe how much money. That's flooded in the Leicester. <laughs> has come into the place because of it. He said he told me that they they got 200 million, the club, yeah. 200 million pounds yeah. for winning the league. Yeah. Yeah. Two, just think about We've it. We've got Champions League next year. 200, 200 million, million quid. Pounds. It's incredible. Yeah. Can you imagine Real Madrid going to Leicester? Bit of, bit of disappointment for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tells me that the owners, yeah, um, some of the shit yeah. from Far Eastern guys, Thailand, Thailand. He to thank all the 
every single member of the first team squad. He bought a lady <laughs> He bought them all a, a, a Mercedes. Um, okay. He spent over I don't know yeah. millions on. Yeah, but it. Fuck all and, uh, time, that's the trouble, Derek. The the player. I said to the cabbie. I said, he said it's ridiculous. He said because they've all got better cars than that already anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Money they get. Really? Five years ago, wasn't it? Man United got a new sponsor. Was it? Was it Chevrolet or it one Chevrolet, of the new yeah, sponsors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every player got a car and they just went, fuck her. Yeah, there we are. The game. I'll buy £800,000 Bugatti Mayra on Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the game's dead, we're all doomed. Let's cheer ourselves up. <laughs> Sam Allardyce, chaps. Big Sam. Oh, I thought we cheer ourselves up. Well, he's the first ex Millwall player ever to become Fantastic Millwall manager, uh, England manager, I should say. Um, how do we feel about Sam Allardyce? Well, we, can go, we can gloat for that. <laughs> I'll tell you what that if, if England flop, it'll be under ex Millwall player. If we win the they World Cup, it's the ex Millwall I can't remember. I remember him at the day, but I can't remember him at the day. He was in the Willie Carr team, wasn't he? Dean Neal, Willie Carr. Yeah, he was fucking horrendous. Put my hands up here, I'll see your things. So I thought I'll have a quick look on, <clears throat> on Gary's history and thing. He, he had two seasons with us, he two played seasons, 77 right. games. Yeah. Is that any? He scored three goals. Yeah. Yeah. Two in one game, wasn't it? Uh, might might well have been, yeah. But he played 77 games for us, yeah. and he was a stalwart. He looked down, he. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. only time that he, he, he fell out of favour was when George Graham took over. Yeah, yeah, George yeah. Graham had a big four round Graham, didn't he? Added him. But. He played actually more games than Sean And Dyche he would have took over was. from someone like really? Kitchen so, and now you won. But actually, you, yeah, so you, you, just, you, you just mentioned Sean Dyke, so that's actually, yeah. I would have quite liked him. I mean, it shows how uninspired we are by any candidate, really, that mm. we're sitting here with Sam Allen saying, well, he might not be Listen, so bad. We had fr- it we could really worse, could he? Let's, realistically, let's if, you want, if they decided they're going to have an English manager, yeah, he had three people. Allardyce, Pardew, or um, Bruce, Steve, Steve Bruce. Bruce. Oh, how Bruce. Fuck it, that's a sad indictment. I think for Howe and Deitch, it wouldn't have been a bad call, I'd have been happy with Eva, but it would have ended their, their domestic careers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would have ruined it's, them. It's a career end, isn't it? So, yeah. So really, not, Pardew, I mean, come on, fucking three, three managers. Yeah, and the, the suggestion is now, though, that actually you say about we took an Englishman, but the, the suggestion is that no top manager, foreign manager, will ever touch the job. Um, we ain't got a well because player, you, 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 it's, yeah, it's a, it's a poison chalice. Fucking uh, Iceland, I mean, you know. I mean, come on. And, and the word, the word is, no one wanted to touch it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah. and, and they're all preferring to work in club football where they get bigger salaries yeah. or as big and salaries. week by week contact they can with players. They actually work with the players, yeah. and they're not just suddenly. This is the twelve. You know, this is yeah. the twelve. You got the fifteen. You got twenty-two. You got this. Yeah. What's your squad for the first game, Sam? Well, I ain't got a fucking clue because it depends who's actually started the season. Yeah. Some of them will still be on holiday from the yeah. Euros. Yeah. You just said the Germany, yeah. Portugal, Belgium, anyone. You can have any one of our players in your team. They'd laugh at you. But you've seen that Spain. Spain have just appointed a new manager. Yeah. And apparently the other job he was offered was some shitty English job. Anyway, he weren't being considered for any big club job. But he was being considered for someone like. Something like Wolves or, or West Ham. West no, exactly. <laughs> joking aside, if it's a foreign manager, you fucking hate it as much as I do. Slaven Bilic yeah, could yeah, perhaps be as, as good as anyone. He turned out to be. Um, but you see, them cunts now, I mean, that shows they've going back to how football's changed. West Ham are now moaning that they can't sign a striker they want because they haven't got Champions League football. 
I mean, fuck me, they've been handed a stadium on the plate, and now they're moaning they can't sign a £50 million striker because he wants to play Champions League. <laughs> but if I was a West Ham fan, I'd never be happy either. I think you'd be happy being a West Ham They're pie and mash shit over there. Yeah, they're fucking, you'd never be happy with They're birds going shag blokes who support me all and drink little lava. You know who signed Sam Allardyce? It's your mate. Peter Anderson, what a cunt. Played in the same team, didn't they? Yeah. Willie Carr, legendary. I think we've exhausted my agenda, chaps. So thank you all. I'll close out on the, the, the note of Allardyce being England manager. Should there we, we go are. some predictions early doors? Some, yeah, let's end it with some um, end-of-season predictions. Where are we going to finish? Barry, where are we going to finish come, mate? We will definitely win the league. Win the league. Barry, I'm going to write this down. Barry <laughs> wins the league. Peter. I'm going to trump him now. I said it on House of Fun. We'll be elected champions by Easter. Elected. Oh, elected. Oh, by acclaim, we're going to be made champions. We're going to be made necessarily. Crowned champions by Easter. Elected champion. Derek, where are we if, going? If Gregory stays top six, if Gregory goes six to tenth. Right, top six. Oh, you can't Greg. put conditions on it. We, me and Barry. No, I think it makes such a big No, no, no. All right, six to ten then, because he's fucking off. So. Oh, where's your six to ten? Four positions. Well, I've done Don, where are we going to finish? Seven. Seven. <laughs> Don says seven. Seven. You're yeah, a no, miserable, no. miserable bunch so of panellists. Because you don't want to go Wembley, that's what I I'm going to predict we're going to beat top six, and I think we've gone outside short top two. Same as this last season we just had. We will finish in the top six listeners there. You hear it here first. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Derek. Thank Thank you, you. Peter. Thank you, Barry. Thank you for listening, dear listeners. We're going to see you again in August, August the 7th. Can't wait. For the next Achtung Millwall. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.